Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome! You're listening to Flaunt, the podcast for women and brave men who are ready to get to know themselves and show themselves unapologetically for who they most authentically are, not for who they think they should be, so they can re-choreograph the next stage of life on their own terms, so they can live with enthusiasm, joy, and satisfaction and not just go through the motions. I'm Laura Cheadle, a former corporate attorney turned burlesque dancer, author, and life choreographer. So yes, I know the difference between going through the motions and really living life with joy. One of the things that brings joy is love, loving relationships, loving connection. And today we are going to talk with an amazing author and human being about love. And not only just about love, but specifically about the habit of love. If you've listened to my show for a while, even if you haven't, I'm a hypnotherapist. And as a hypnotherapist, I am obsessed with habits because habitual behavior makes up anywhere between 88 and 99% of who we are and the way that we live life. So it really behooves us to be aware of our habits, to create positive, loving habits. And as a human, and you are a human, (laughs) I know you want to be loved. I know you want to give love. I know you want to receive love. And I also know that so many people out there don't really feel seen or heard or loved or satisfied. And that is what this show is going to address. Shemaya David, and I might've said that totally wrong again. He was telling me before the show and I was like, oh, it's a hard one, (laughs) is our guest today. He is the author of Love Simplified. He's actually the author of eight books in the self-help coaching and business categories. He is a master life and executive coach and a business consultant with more than 19 years of experience. His mission is to contribute to human success and happiness in the most practical manner possible. And I really appreciate that. He's got a background as an engineer, which is very left brain and logical. And I really like that. As a former attorney, I can totally relate, but it's so important to just have some practical tips and tools and strategies for something as right-brained as love. So with that, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, uh, honored. And while you were giving all these superlatives. I was looking around to see who you're talking about, but (laughs) apparently it's just me here. So thank you very much for all these kind words. Well, you are welcome and absolutely you deserve them. 
let's kind of start from the beginning here. Let's start by talking about the disconnect around love, the the problem that people experience in love. Let, let's start there so people can kind of relate to what it is that you are actually fixing when you talk about these 10 habits. Okay, so first, um, you're all about happiness. And I believe that nothing will bring love, um, happiness more than love, okay? I, I can't really see happy people that don't have love in their lives. You can be content maybe, but happy, mm, I don't see it. So, that's a basic need. We need love. And then we go out to the world and we start looking for love. And we connect with people and we try to make it work. And so often it doesn't work. We get disappointed. Either we're disappointed and leave or people leave us. Or sometimes it's even worse. We stay together, but we suffer together. And I find it very sad that it is this way. And I had the, the amazing luck to be blessed with love from a very young age. And it sort of caught on to, I, I was looking around, people my age, people same level of education, same level of, you know, people grew up near me in the same neighborhood, went to the same school. And I had such a great marriage, such a happy life, loving life. And all around me, I see people that couldn't find a mate, people that got divorced, people that were living and complaining all the time. And I found it so sad. And I think that's a basic um, result that I'm trying to correct to the best of my ability. And I think it stems, my, my belief is that it stems from a misunderstanding of what love is. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you are so right. So right that everything that everything that you've said, that happiness really is contingent on love. It is a need. It's not superficial. We need honest to goodness, connected love. And I love how you said that it might be a misunderstanding because isn't it the truth? So many people think, well, a big ring is love or taking me to a nice dinner is love or having somebody do everything that I want. That's love. Or we have all of these crazy ideas about what love is. So I love that you went right there and let's talk about that. What, what is love? What is this? What do people want? What is, what is love? <laughs> it's a very large question, but in the terms of between a, a two people that, that want to love each other. Most people consider love as an emotion, which is definitely it is. The problem is most people stop here. They say, okay, love is an emotion. I either feel it or I don't. It controls me. I don't control it. Either it's there or it's not. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, maybe the other person does things that affect my love for him. Maybe the other person will love me or not if he wants. And it's all out of my hands. And I think that's what people get wrong, that they consider love only as an emotion. And I say, yes, it is emotion, but not only. If you look at the language, love, it's also a, a verb. You mm -hmm. have to love 
so that love can come to be. Somebody needs to do the loving before love can be. And that makes it an action. And any action that you perform repeatedly becomes a habit. So that's why I say that love is a habit. And I believe that it, it puts love into the same playing ground as any other human activity. Anything that we can act upon, we can improve with practice and with thought. So if you want to be a baseball player or if you want to be a better driver or if you want to be a great cook or whatever, you can practice and become better. And I say, let's practice love and become better at that because nothing will contribute to our happiness more. I couldn't agree more. And, and as you were talking, it reminded me of that you know, saying, grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And then people say the grass is greener where you water it. And that is so true. If you are practicing love, if you are living in love, it's, you're going to get better at it. Like I said earlier, as a hypnotherapist, I'm all about habits and humans are creatures of habits and complaining is a habit and being disgusted with your spouse is a habit and adoring your spouse truly is a habit. So I, I absolutely love everything that you have to say. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> now, what about different, different ideas around love? And what I mean by that is you're in a relationship with somebody and, you know, one of the books that I loved was a couple of the books that I loved: the men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know, the five love languages. Sometimes there's that conflict around it. Like, I'm giving you an act of service because that's my love language, but you're giving me a gift because that's lo your love language and we're missing and we're not realizing that we're loving each other. What, what happens when you've got a situation like that where you think you're doing loving action and the other person doesn't think you're doing loving action? Well, I, I, if you will allow me, I want to go one step back to where I think it all begins. If you accept that love is an action and it's a habit and it's something that you do, not just feel, there is one decision that you have to make that begins everything else. And that's the decision to take 100% personal responsibility for your success in love, for the success of your love life. And when you do that, it changes everything because even if you find yourself in a situation that doesn't work, you can no longer blame anyone else. You have to look inside. So if you feel that you are doing something or a lot for the other person and you don't feel that you're getting anything back, most people say, oh, he is not doing enough for me. I do everything. I do everything you want and he's not doing it all the way around. And, I, and when you take full personal responsibility, you can't do that anymore. You cannot point a finger to the other person. You have to point a finger to yourself and say, okay, what am I not doing right or not understanding or doing in right but in the wrong time? Or what is it that it's not working and it's on me to solve that? And once you think this way, 
then you will go and start looking for the answer. You will have conversation with the other side about it. You will discuss it. You will search for experts. You will read the books. You will consult. You'll get professional help. But you'll do something that will make a difference instead of just pointing the finger to this and ah, he's not doing enough. That's why our marriage or our relationship is not good. Yeah. I love the responsibility piece because isn't that the truth? Our happiness is our responsibility. Everything is our responsibility and we're the only person that we can change. And it's so easy. And I hear it so often from other people that somebody's not doing it for me. And I love that responsibility piece. That's huge because then it also gives you the onus. If you decide this isn't the kind of relationship that I want to be in, I need to leave. Yeah, if, if you come to the decision that what you have cannot be fixed or that it is wrong, that you got into it from the wrong reason or for, with the wrong perception, then yes, you should look for your happiness elsewhere. Um, though I believe that in most cases, people can fix what they have or at least can do a whole lot more for that. Um, I did some research before writing my book, and I, I'm still a member of many Facebook groups that deals with marriage. And I read so much misunderstanding and so much um, miscommunications um, and, and, the, and people seem to repeat the same old dysfunctional patterns again and again instead of trying something new and then eventually they give up they, okay i've tried for 10 years and he doesn't understand me and i give up i want a divorce and yeah maybe you tried for 10 years but you tried the same thing for 10 years and it just <laughs> worked that's funny that is funny so can you give us an example of a couple of different things that people can try so so listeners out there who might be thinking yes I banged my head against the same wall for five years or 10 years or 15 years. Can you give us an example of something else that they could try? Well, I'll tell you, there is one thing that I say that today all people need to start with. And that is the next time you're talking with your spouse, your mate, your, your, your uh, whoever, your, your significant other, take your cell phone and shut it down and put it aside. And then just listen when they talk, just listen. And don't listen to argue, don't listen to find the point where you can intervene and interject what you want to say. Just listen to give them room to express themselves and for you to understand what they say. And I think even this little thing, the, the, act of giving your full attention to the person who's supposed to be the most important person in your life, and we hardly ever give them the full attention that they deserve, it, it will change so much. Because first, when you listen, when you really listen, you understand. And then yeah. you'll know more about what's going on and, and you'll understand better before you respond. But also the very act of giving such attention, it communicates to the other side you're important to me I have interest in what you have to say it's meaningful yeah give it I, I want to listen I want to hear and this allows for such 
deeper and more open communication, that this itself would solve a lot of the, let's say, more superficial issues that just come with bad communication. Then when you understand what it is about, then you can start looking for the, the right ways. And here, it, it, it really becomes more complicated because it depends on the issue. But um, I would say that generally speaking, men need to allow themselves to be influenced by their women much more. And the women need to allow their men to be men and be who they are and not try to change them or treat them as children. Yeah. That's a general, I would say, basic rule. Right. I, I agree. And I also think that's very true in all relationships, not necessarily just romantic relationships, that either the, 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 we fall into one of those two camps, you know, that we're always resisting and not allowing whatever it is, positive influence, different kinds of influences, because we're always so busy trying to change people and that it's this weird dynamic that we're trying to assert control and then we're trying to deflect and I, th I think that's really insightful. And I think that goes to all relationships too. And what, and why I went, you know, went to that, cause I know this show is about mostly romantic relationships, but mm -hmm. I think about my, my sons who are in their early twenties and some of that listening dynamic around that. Oftentimes when I listen to them, I'm listening to solve a problem. And I'm not just listening to hear them as a human. And then oftentimes when they're talking, they're not listening to me either. They're listening to either push back on mom. There's, we always have this listening agenda, I'll call it. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult and, and, and very rewarding when you master it, the art of just listening. I, I think about it in my mind as if when you truly listen, you sort of create an arena empty that the other person can walk into and stand really in a hollow ground. I, I envision it as really as, as the person standing on a stage that is dark and the only light is on him or her. And then all the attention is on your spouse, on, on your friend, on your mate, on, on the person most important in your life. And it gives so much power and you see them in their best and they come out in their best because there's no judgment, there's no criticism, there's no arguments, there's no trying to win something or convince somebody. Just listen to understand. It's so powerful. Mm, that's beautiful. And I, it really touched me, see them in their best. Because why is it that so often we see strangers in their best, but those that we love the most, we assign all these negative intents and ideas to? Well, I, I must admit that it's difficult for me to answer that because that's a habit that um, 
I got rid of so long ago, <laughs> but I try to remember my youth and I believe um, that part of it is being so self-centered that you judge everything as how it affects me, what I want, how what they do affects what I want. Why don't they do what I want? Right. <laughs> How come it doesn't work out as I wanted? And yeah. I, I think that when you grow out of this self-centeredness and you, you allow yourself to open more to the world and the capabilities of other people, there, there, and, and then you start seeing them as they are. And, you know, I, I had a very interesting experience years ago when I had a chance to work in a project trying to coach people that were recovering from drug abuse and oh, alcohol wow. abuse. And generally speaking, they were not nice people. Most of them had spent time in jail. Many, uh, many of them stole money and other things to, to fund the habit. And, and yet when you listen to them, really, when you put aside your judgment, and you listen to them, you, you have to realize that all of them are people that are deeply flawed, but their flaws are usually not of their own making. The world caused these flaws and they are trying to survive with a very limited toolbox that the world gave them and they simply don't know better. And yeah, of course, if you're the one that they hit with a stick and robbed you, I understand why you don't see it, but, but your spouse is not like that. The people around you, your kids, your, your fellow workers, they didn't do such things to you. So you can allow for the, to give credit for the people and try to see the best in them. And, and once you try, you will find out that it is there because if, if you can find it, even in criminals and, and violent people, you can find the reasons and you can understand why it is so, definitely you can find it in the people around you. And then you'll see the best and you'll be happier for it. The world will no longer be filled with people that are, I don't know, mean or nasty or inconsiderate, suddenly you'll be able to see that, no, it, he is not a mean person. Maybe he did something mean right now, but I can differentiate between the action and the person. And when I can draw this line, I can get in between the action and the person and start changing. Because mm. once you, if you only label him mean, that's it. There's nothing more to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're helpless. Absolutely. And there's several threads that I kind of want to go back through and tie up when we see, when we give people the benefit of the doubt, when we see them in their best light, when we put them on the stage and shine the spotlight on them and we listen to hear not to respond, it does shift things. And I can, I, I think listeners might be thinking, well, that's great, but nobody does it for me. Or, you know, I don't want to be a doormat and do all of this stuff for people. But I think this is part of that taking 100% responsibility for you because you can ascertain then what somebody truly is saying, who somebody really is. And it feels good to know that you've got that understanding. And that is taking your power back. 
that it's not just, I always attract really, really bad men and I can't find love and there's no good men out there, blah, 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 blah. It's that responsibility. I know how to listen. I know how to hear. I know how to, like you said, judge between the person and the action. And I really think there's something very powerful about that. Yeah, and and again, the thing is about taking this responsibility is, as you said, you're taking back your power because if you put it on the other person, then you're powerless, you're a victim. It all depends on what they decide to do. But if you decide, no, it's my responsibility to have the life I want, to have the love I want, then you're taking back your power. And it's the first important step. And maybe it's going to be difficult. Nobody says it's going to be easy. And immediately when you say, I take responsibility, you'll fix it in a minute. But you're starting. And, and you'll find out that it advances pretty fast when you're taking responsibility to do it and then you start and you correct your course and you learn and you ch- and your action will change the other side either way either they'll you, you'll be able to take them along with you to the place you both want to be or you'll find out pretty quick that you can't and they won't and then maybe you need to go elsewhere yeah yeah that's that's powerful and this show is being released around valentine's day And I think a lot of people have love on their mind, either that they don't have it and they want it, or they wish theirs was better, or they wish they could find it. And around that comes kind of that victimhood. Oh, it's up to somebody else. It's not up to me, blah, blah, blah. So I I really appreciate that 100% responsibility. And again, tying up some threads around that, I appreciate how how you talked about relationships can kind of change around that, that you can take any relationship and that you can turn the spotlight on somebody else. You can listen to really listen and you can get more information around that. That is so much more powerful than saying I'm the victim or he's a jerk or she doesn't get me. And what I'm meaning by that is I'm, I'm tying it back to my own story. And a lot of my listeners know I experienced infidelity in my marriage and it was absolutely devastating. My husband had been cheating on me and I had no idea, no idea. And we are together now after it. And we are more in love now after that. And we are so, we have such a better marriage after that. And Sometimes people say to me, oh, you, you know, you were so kind to forgive. And that always hits me wrong because sure, maybe I was, but it wasn't about forgiving. It was about really hearing what was going on and him really hearing me. And it was about that understanding and really hearing. And then that emotion of love follows it. It was the action first and then the emotion comes and it wasn't like I decided to stay or decided it just happened. If that makes any sense. To me, it does. And I'm always reminded of the, this proverb to know is to love. So when you really know the person and when, and now what happens, you know, 
people can say that an affair was something that it was meaningless and just happened once and it was not fun, blah, blah. No, no, I don't, I don't take it. People don't um, have infidelity in the relationship if there's nothing wrong with them. So there must be something that's not okay. And it may be them, it may be the relationship with the other person, it may be something else, but the thing is when you start talking and listening, then you start to know. And, and just when, as I said about these people who are drug addicts, once you start to listen to their story and their motives, you get to understand why they did what they did. It's very difficult to be angry at them as you were. So again, forgive. And, and when you went to, you talked about forgiveness, forgiveness is so much more a gift to yourself than to the other person. People need to understand that. Uh, there are two very linked and very important things in every relationship. One of them is the ability to apologize when you were wrong very important if you try to so you did something wrong and it's now sitting there between you like a monster and if you try to ignore it it only grows larger because the person that you hurt is he needs you to acknowledge the hurt and right. and and unless you do he will feel obliged to make this monster bigger and bigger until you see it, until you admit it's there. If you try to ignore it, they'll just need to, to make it larger and it ruins everything. Now, all you have to do is say, I'm sorry. I'll try not to do that again and, and be sincere about it. That's it, monster is gone, you can go ahead. And the other side, and, and it's from the other side, is the forgiveness. That, and what is forgiveness really? It's, it's saying, I forfeit my right for compensation or retribution and I let it go. And this is so important because again, even if you were hurt, even if, if you were wrong, you did nothing wrong and all the responsibility is on the other person. So you can still decide to let it go. And it doesn't matter as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't matter if your values dictate that the relationship is over or not or, or you want to stay together you'll be so much better if you're able to forgive either way so right uh, right very right. important we are going to take a few minutes commercial break and when we come back i'd like you to talk a little bit more about your personal story because you have a kind of a unique story with two different marriages that were very are very filled with love. And I'm going to want you to share more about that. And I also want you to go into some of these 10 habits. So our listeners going forward can know, hey, this is what I want to do. Listening is the first one, but I'm going to have us do a few more. So we will be right back. According to Harvard's Health and Happiness Study, the number one way to find happiness is to feel good. And Laura's 90-day Fit to Flop program is all about feeling good every day. If you're sick and tired of the unhealthy, unrealistic, and unattainable goals that the diet and fitness industry shoves at us all, then Fit to Flaunt is the program for you. Based on your goals, your body, your lifestyle, and most importantly, how you feel, Fit to Flaunt will change the way you think about health, happiness, and most importantly, yourself. 
For more information, go to www.lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com because the program starts soon (laughs) and fills up fast. And we are back with Shmaya David, author of what is it? Habits of Love of and Love, love simplified. simplified. But then it's the subtitle, Love Simplified. And Practical Habits to Creating the Ultimate Loving Relationship. That's it. Thank you for that. I was like, it's a great subtitle, but I can't remember. Um, and he's talking about love as a habit. As first half of the show, we talked about that love is an emotion, but it's it's more than that. It's a verb. It's an action. And in order to get the love that we want, just quite simply, we need to build those habits of love. So let's talk a little bit about your story and your marriages and how you have put these habits of love into your marriages. So I, I, I think of myself as maybe the luckiest person on earth, really. Um, so I got married young to my high school sweetheart, but it wasn't um, just a simple story because we started dating in high school and then we broke up and then we started again and then we broke up. And I don't know if your listeners know, but in Israel, uh, there's uh, obligatory military service for both men and women. And we both served in the military. So after high school, we went uh, to the army. And we, at that time we weren't together but we kept some loose connection. And after um, I got discharged, um, we, we started again. And this time it, we stuck together. And the reason that it was possible is because I have changed a lot during these years. I've changed from a very self-centered, probably egotistical person, um, and very, I would say, um, bitter in general about the world. I didn't like the world. The world was doing things. I thought it should be doing better. And I had criticism about everything and everybody. And I was very th- cynical. And and I got and I changed. And when we came together again, this change allowed me to start learning how to love for my first love, Limor was her name. And we got married pretty soon. We were only 24 at the time. And we had three children together and we had 29 years, wonderful years together. And it kept growing better and better all the time. Every year it became better. People think, oh, you know, you have all these crises and or you get used to each other and you're no longer interested in each other. And no, no, it, it just kept growing better. You know, all these crises, oh, first year's crisis, no, two years, no, seven years, we waited, didn't come, midlife crisis, said, passed through it, just didn't happen. And, and really, if cancer hadn't taken her from me, we would surely be together still. And then, well, it did, and, and she was gone. And at that time, I was 52 years old. I have not dated in like 30 something years and I wasn't a great animal party even when I was young and I and and I thought about it um that's maybe me but I can mostly think rationally even about things that are very emotional and 
um, during the times that I tended Limor in her illness, I didn't have time to consciously think about it, but it was somewhere there. And, and when she was gone, I was thinking to myself, okay, what now? I mean, what do I do now? And I had no idea, but I did know that I need to be happy again, because for me, life without happiness is not worth living. And that meant for me the same, loving again, because I don't know how to be happy without love. And I said, okay, I'm going to try. Have no idea how to do it, but I'm going to try. And, and I actually committed in, in the funeral in front of all the people that were there. I said that we're going to try and, and find it, no matter how long it takes. And I found that what happens is when you do what you can, it, it sort of opens the door for luck. Some people say that the universe helps you or the gods help you, I don't know. Um, and, and what I mean is that I tried what I know. I, I know to work the internet. Um, so I went into the internet and I start looking for ideas about how to start making some connections, some relationships. And pretty quickly, I ran on Facebook into a place that, okay, this dating site that's for serious people. I said, okay, that's me. I'm looking for something serious. I'm not looking just for fun. And I went in there and it was so funny because me and my current wife, we just ran into each other pretty quick. She was the first person from this dating site that I met. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and we hit it off. And now it's five years that we are together and uh, we've been married for three, three and a half. And, and Marina, my, my current wife, she's different from Limor probably in every way you can measure or define. Totally different person. And yet wonderful in her own way. And the life that we have built together is again, very different, but still very full with love, very satisfying and very happy. And I expect it to, to last and I expect to continue to be happy mm -hmm. <laughs> for as long as we live. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so I've got two questions. The first yeah. one is where did you start learning these habits? How, what prompted you to really start thinking, okay, what am I doing? Well, um, it came gradually. The first step, the first for taking responsibility mm -hmm. um, took place when I was still a soldier in the army. Um, I, I was in an incident where people got killed and it sort of shook me out of this way of expecting the world to change to suit me. And I realized that it's all these things that I was angry about and criticizing all the time, it was meaningless. It was stupid to waste any time about it. You have to go out and live. Life is so short. And, and that started to change. That started me taking responsibility to what happens. So I sort of changed from being passive and letting things happen to me to being active and pursuing what I wanted. So that was stage one. Mm -hmm. Then I would say that stage two was learning to pay attention and be romantic. So it sort of came together. And 
being romantic, I learned from Limor. I really learned how to love from Limor. So many of the habits that I, I mentioned, I really learned from her the right way to live. And I was lucky again, I say. Um, so when we started to, I, I'll give you a great example. When you, we uh, started to be together, and, and when it, it became serious and we were, uh, we, we, we were going to get married and when we got married and all through the first years that we were married, Limor would keep asking me, do you love me? And it's like, in all sorts of time and, and not just once, sometimes it was several times a day. I say sometimes it was 10 times a day, probably never got to 10, but, but it <laughs> felt like that because it kept reading, do you love me? And I would say, yes, of course, but, but I, I know it, it sounded, why you keep asking me that? Didn't I marry you? And, and, and it took me a while to realize that the question is not a doubt cast at me. It's her internal need to be assured. And once I understood that, I started telling her that I love her without her needing to ask. And what happened is that First of all, she stopped asking and like, it, it took several weeks, months, no more. She, she really, she didn't have to ask anymore because I would tell her, I would tell her, I don't know how many times a day, whenever I thought about it. Right. That, I, I was just giving her this assurance. And it took years for me to understand that I will also sort of affirming our love to, to us all the time. And she said, she would say to me, I would say to her, and, and all through the day, we would do have this little ritual of, I love you, I love you. And, and maybe a kiss, maybe a smile. We were just in passing. Maybe we were both sitting and reading and say, someone would just put the book aside for me and say, I love you and continue reading. And, and this was the first step into the habit of being romantic. Of, and for me, the definition of, of being romantic is placing the positive emotions or emotional state of your spouse in a high priority mm. so when you do, so it doesn't really matter people think about the flowers and the hearts and the cards and the gifts and that's all superficial they, they could be acts of romance but the real thing is what would positively affect the emotions of the person that's with you that's what you have to think about. And when you start thinking about it, so you find unit and that ties into your question is about the love habits, uh, the love languages. So I do something and it doesn't work. Well, tune it, you can yeah. change, think about it, see what does work, consider it and then you'll stand. If you, if, you, if you only do what you want to do or the way you think love should be expressed, that's selfish. Right. You should express it in the way that the other person feels it. And if, if you're really romantic, what I believe is that it's on you to make this shift. So I learned to do it. I learned to, to express love. I learned to put the emotional state of Limo in a, in a very important place in my life. And that also leads to things like, okay, what is more important now now that we have a situation it doesn't really matter what i don't know she wants to go to a movie i wanted to stay home to sleep okay 
what would be better for her emotional state? What would advance our relationship more? It becomes very easy to make the right choice that supports your life when you put the well-being of the other person in a very important place. And it doesn't make you a doormat. No. That's some things that people need to understand. You don't do it for them. You do it for you because the life, the, the reward that you get by placing them front and center in a most important place is so good, it's worth everything. Yeah. And you know, what I, what I love about that too is if both, because ideally both partners are placing the other partner first. Yeah. So like that, you're tired and you want to sleep, she wants to go to a movie. If you're both placing each other first, it's really easy to get down to, wow, you've been fighting a cold. You've been really exhausted. She will happily stay home to really take care of you. Or you can say, no, I'm just, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm, I'm much happier to go out. And you both really get to the root and it does feel good for both partners. So I yeah. really appreciate that. Tell us about another, another one of the habits. Well, uh, maybe just going into this one, um, love, romance, uh, I believe it really needs a physical side as well. Yes. Sex life, I mean, doesn't, doesn't work without it, at least in my mind. Well, uh, humans need physical touch. You know, children yeah. need physical touch. And even as adults, yes, yeah, sex is the way to express oh, that. I'm definitely so. I hug right. all the time. Yeah. And um, so... Now that you are together, so people always complain, oh, now we don't have time, or it's the children, or it's work, is tired, she's busy, or it's been 10 years, 15 years, we lost interest, it's boring. I said, no, 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 okay. You have to plan for it to happen. It's important. So if it's important, you don't just let, okay, let's do everything else, Let's uh, do the dishes, you know, help the kids with the homework, go work, and then if there's any time left, we'll make love. No, you you plan for it if you need to. If if your times, if your schedule is such that you need to plan to make it happen, then make sure you plan to make it happen. Make the time, and not only make the time, you know, uh, quick is maybe nice, but you want to you want to express emotion you want to enjoy each other you want to make it feel important so you need to make enough time in your schedule to make it important but another thing that people sometimes miss is okay we uh, schedule you know uh, three evenings a week um, after we put the kids to bed we have two hours for ourselves Okay, that's good. I mean, it's much better than none. But I say that eroticism is something that happens all the time. So when you wake up in the morning and you're starting your day, you can still look at him in the look that said, if you didn't have to go to work, I'd like to get you back to bed right now. You don't have to do anything more than that. And, and it keeps the fire working all day long, you know. She's home, you're coming back home. She may be cooking. You know. mm-hmm. If it's right with her, I mean, if it's things that would do it for, you know, just 
go behind her, plant a little kiss on her neck, you know, tell her I want you. And even if you're if, if, if your day is three days from now, it will keep it burning. It will make it happen. And, and so everything, maybe what I'm saying is that everything that's important in your life, make room for it, plan for it. Yeah. What can be more important than that? Yeah. Dirty dishes. I mean, put that against dirty dishes or ironing a shirt or whatever. Yeah. Make smart yeah. choices. Yeah. The, the word important is so important <laughs> because it is true. Often people take the most important things in their lives for granted. You know, oh, my spouse, they'll always be there. My parents, they'll always be there. My friends, they'll always be there. My kids, they'll always be there. And that we do all of this superficial stuff first. And then you're right. A death happens or a divorce happens or something happens. And all of a sudden, the most important people aren't there and we haven't had the time with them that we want. You know, you really reminded me something that I, I said in Limor's funeral. I said that because of the way we lived, I can stand there, we can sit as a family in front of everybody with a very deep sorrow, but a clean sorrow, no regrets. Because no big dreams were pushed for tomorrow and never came. No last words that should have been said, but weren't said. The people that we loved knew that we loved them. Those that we didn't like, we make sure that they're not part of our lives long ago. So make room for what's important. Yeah, that's beautiful. Make room for what's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of that too, I feel like it, it's important to just comment on, it's that the receiving, that there's such a belief in our world of it's good and it's noble to suppress joy that we have to work hard, that we have to suffer. And there's nothing that could be further from the truth. And when you were talking about, you know, eroticism all day and make room for what's important, part of that is just choosing, I think, to receive that, choosing to say, yes, this is important and it's not superficial. And I deserve an hour. I deserve five minutes. I deserve a kiss. Yeah, definitely. And, and maybe, again, something that I find that many people, I think, find it wrong. Many times, and, and in this case, I must say that the way I see it, it's more the women than the men, but it's not always so. People put children, women tend to put children and men tend to put career or work or, or bringing the bread as the most important task. That's, that's now the most important things that I have to attend to. And well, I raised three kids, I love them dearly and, and they grew up to be wonderful people. And still, I would not say that at any time, I would say that my children were the most important people in my life. And it's really funny to say because the more passed away and I survived that and and I can think about horrible things in my mind and I cannot go in my mind that's the one thing place I do, dare not go is if something happens to one of the children so it's not as if 
I'm careless about my kids or I don't care. I care dearly for them. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I put the partner, my spouse, in first place, even before the children. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because keeping what you have between you is a generator that sparks everything. That's what gives the energy for the families. That's what gives the energy to work with for the kids, to do for the kids, and, and even more so. That's what shows a kid how to live right. And what can be more important than that? You teach them by your own example, how to grow to be a loving person, a happy person, a person that knows how to be in a good relationship and fulfilling relationship. That's more important than another thing that you can buy or, or another meal or, or something like that. Yeah. And, and again, mistakes that I see a lot of people do, and I think it, it harms a relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. And that is a hard one, but I think it's similar to putting the other person first, that sometimes we think, well, I've got to take care of myself. So how can I, how can I have complete responsibility for me and put the other person first when really it's the same thing? It's, it's just kind of a different side of the same coin. And I think it's, it's the same thing with kids. Of course, we need to put, take care of our kids. Of course, we love them more than, you know, anything on earth, of course, all that, but you do have to have the relationship piece as well. And showing leading by example is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Now a change is hard. Change is really hard. And, and I get that because of my background as a hypnotherapist and, and that's what I do. Like I've got this, you know, three month free to flaunt program where I take people through three months and I help them rewire their brain so they can create these new habits. And you're talking about habit creation, new loving habits, making love a habit. What is the one thing that you would tell people to do today, going home today, to start changing today that will make the biggest impact in their ability to love and be loved? Well, I would say that it all starts with what I call the habit of attention. Giving attention to the other person, and, and I, I gave the example of, of the smartphone, but it's more than that. It's looking at the other person and thinking about the other person and making notes. It can be mental notes. It can be real notes if you have to, about right. what they care about what's going on in their life, what's important to them now. Yeah, you, you came together and you loved, and, but when people are young and just fresh out of falling in love, they often don't really know each other well enough. They, they fell in love, they came together, they still don't know, there's much they don't know, so learn it, it's important. And, and the other way is that people get distanced by growing apart through time and then he has his career or she has a career or both of them have or, or, or he's doing that and she's doing that. And if they don't communicate often enough and deeply enough, fairly quickly there'll be a lot in their lives on each side that the other person doesn't know about. So start looking again at your spouse and start learning about everything that happens there, at least the most important things and pay attention. And then 
you can act based on the knowledge. So, okay, when you were young, she loved that, but maybe it's less important now. Maybe now she wants something else. Maybe now you need to do it differently. Okay. Maybe once it was great that you would offer, okay, let's just dump everything and, and, and I don't know, drive to the lake and have fun. Okay, maybe now the best thing you can do is go do the laundry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Pay attention. Right. And if it's the most important thing, that, that would become a very romantic act if, if there is a task to do and the person that's supposedly supposed to do it, I, I don't really believe in supposed to do in marriage, right. but never mind. But let's say that in your uh, household, there are tasks that are assigned or sort of assigned to people. If you take it on yourself at the moment where it really helps, it's such a huge gift and so important. I mean, and you can't do it if you don't pay the attention to realize that it's important. Mm -hmm. So I say pay attention. That's the first thing you need to do. And I think, again, as a habit forming thing, I really encourage people to have what I call the attention journal. Start writing it every day. These little observations, what he likes, what she likes, what was it like, what made her angry, what made him frustrated, what elated her, what she is hoping for. Did she just mention something that can be a great present eight months from now when her birthday come? You know, so write it down. It will, it's very important. So also think if you're not used to remembering and, and paying attention, write it down, start, and, and the act of writing down and thinking about it, it will become a habit in just two, three, four weeks, it will become a habit and you will no longer need to do it intentionally, it will just happen and you'll pay attention and it will enrich your life together. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that habit, the habit of attention, is that feeds and nourishes every relationship. If you're doing that at work, if you're doing that at home, it's, it, that's an amazing that's an amazing habit just for good relationships everywhere, not necessarily in romantic love. Yeah, I, I would say that save from the habit of eroticism, the 10 love habits are really just the application of good relationship habits to the field of love. Eroticism, I would put out of the workplace. It's probably been right. left out there. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> no, no, you might get fired that way. <laughs> and, and much worse. <laughs> yes, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I know you've got a gift for our listeners too, a webinar called, um, I feel so helpless. What can I do? And yeah. I will put that link in the show notes. Um, but that, that I, and, and you can speak to it a little bit more, but you, you say that the feelings of helplessness are one of the top issues that people talk about, uh, especially now with COVID-19. And I like that we've talked about everything is 100% in your control. And it seems like this webinar is going to help address that and move into this habit. Yes, I, I would say that it's based on the habit of, of, of taking responsibility. Because if you feel helpless, it really means that in your mind, you are giving the power over your life to something else, some external circumstances or some external person. And 
if you realize that, then you can start taking it back and not feel so helpless anymore. So in this webinar, it's about an hour and a half, I walk people through an exercise that would help them understand it and identify what it is that they give power to and helps them take the power back. Ah. So of course, nobody, no, I don't believe that anybody can get fixed by an hour and a half webinar, but it should put people on the right path. And, and thinking about what's in this webinar and doing the exercise would probably help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that people just can't get fixed in an hour and a half because absolutely it's the processing. I mean, again, that's that habit. It's, it's the habit of understanding, the habit of questioning yourself, the habit of looking under the hood and going deeper and figuring out what works. And yeah. that's really what it's all about. You know, try the book, try the webinar, try different things. And then slowly those habits develop and you become a happier person. So Thank you for that. Is there anywhere else people can get a hold of you? Well, um, first of all, my book is on Amazon and there's an author page, so they mark um, my thing. But the easiest way to reach me, if anybody wishes to, is to email me uh, at shmayad, that's S-H-M-A-Y-A-D, at ecoachingsuccess.com. That's one word, ecoachingsuccess dot com and i try to uh, answer all my emails sometimes i have uh, an assistant that picks the slacks when i'm too busy but perfect but I try. perfect thank you so much and listeners try that try the habit of attention i challenge you to go out today and to just start paying attention and give me feedback i want to know how that changes in your life um i'm going to talk about this in the flop flop so for all of you listeners, every Monday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain, I go live in the Flaunt Flock and we talk about the concepts that we've talked about in the show. And we share what's been going on in our lives and how we have practiced things and what shifts we have made and what we have taken away from that. So start paying attention, move into that habit of attention and then reach out to me, join me on the Flaunt Flock Facebook group Monday 1030 Mountain. And let's talk about that and share some of our stories. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, I really appreciate it. Listeners, I hope you have an amazing week, an amazing day, an amazing month. I can't wait to hear how these new love habits play out in your life. Next week's guest is the incredible Gina Haptis of the Too Much Woman Movement. And we're going to take a deep dive into full self-expression and into unapologetically being who you are. So you will absolutely not want to miss that. And I think in conjunction with some of these love habits, it's really going to catapult you to the next phase of your journey. So I look forward to having you next week. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. 
Come find your fetish. Laugh out loud. Accept unconditionally. Navigate the negative and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 